The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on ACB Media One or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. All of us under its spell. We know that they're probably magic. Have you been half asleep? And have you heard voices? I hear them calling my name. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International. Today, we wanted to feature an episode where we talk about our favorite LGBTQIA plus related podcasts, featuring members of the community talking about issues that affect the community and also talking about other things like true crime or fan fiction or whatever it is that we enjoy listening to. I would like to introduce the panel We have our BPI president, Leah Gardner. We have our Pride Connection committee chair, Bryn Lee. And we have a new energetic member, Stacey Paulson, all here to talk about our favorite podcasts. So I would like to start off by asking all of you to talk about your favorite or two, or maybe even three, your favorite podcasts and what they're about who'd like to start us off i could start if you'd like okay go right ahead stacy thanks jessica so i heard about it last year at the acb convention when i attended virtually making gay history at the time the national groups said they worried there wasn't enough infrastructure to support a big march They wanted more time to fundraise and organize and build a national mass movement that could make it a success. They were worried about a march blowing up the hard work they'd put into lobbying Congress for a gay rights bill and getting that meeting at the White House. Whichever version is true, and experience suggests it was probably all of the above, not everyone was on board with the national leadership's hurry-up-and-wait attitude. Especially not the de facto gay rights leader of the West Coast. San Francisco supervisor Harvey Milk. Harvey had always maintained that visibility was the key. We must continue to speak out, and most importantly, most importantly, every gay person must come out. That's a pretty interesting podcast because it's like they talk about queer history and basically. You know, how far we've come and also the things that have happened historically as far as LGBTQ is concerned. I don't listen to a lot of LGBTQ podcasts, but that one did jump out at me. I like that one. 
Well, thank you so much. Making Gay History is a great podcast. I discovered that one two years ago, I think it was. And I love the historic interviews and they even have the sound of someone starting a cassette at the beginning of it. I love it because years and years ago, Eric Marcus actually taped those interviews. So that is definitely a great podcast. It's great to hear about where we've been, where we're going. Um, Who would like to go next and talk about your favorites? I'll go. This is Bryn. So first of all, Making Gay History is really good. I, I also discovered it during BPI programming. And what I really like about it is if you want a podcast that's not just a bunch of people in a room talking, it's it's a lot of audio from the past of interviews from from different uh, movers and shakers in the LGBTQ community. And he splices in his own explanations of who these people are and, and what they do, but then also has the old recordings from the 70s and 80s when he was recording interviews for his book, Making Gay History. So that's a really good one. I would like to echo my adoration for that particular podcast. Another one that I really like is called Gender Reveal. Uh, so my understanding is that you came out as trans after you've been doing drag for a while and that drag like helped you realize you were trans, but also your drag mother is iconic transsexual, Charlene Incarnate. Did she just clock you really hard? Did you all get lucky? Oh, like yeah. how did that start? No, she clocked me so hard. Which I mean, she just got lucky. It was it was easy, I think, like to to clock. Um and I feel like Char loves playing that game with people and like seeing who's trans and like who's not and trying to get this person on hormones or trying to get this person <laughs> off hormones you know what i mean it's like a game that she plays and she's such a beast in that way and it's hosted by tuck woodstock and they interview trans and non-binary people in our community they talk about their lives they talk about their sexuality their gender identity and it explores the nuances of gender and it's just a really informative podcast and you know you get to hear from all kinds of different people from lots of walks of life who have all done some exploring with their with their gender so that one is called gender reveal hosted by tuck woodstock another one that i really like is hosted by ashley gavin it took me a second to remember her name. She's a lesbian and she is a comedian. She has a lot of guests on to talk about their sexuality, but it's very funny. It's called We're Having Gay Sex. It's definitely kind of an adult-oriented podcast. So just be warned that it may not be for the kiddos. It might be one to listen to with your AirPods on. But if you like comedy podcasts and you also want a little bit of gay or lesbian or trans or bisexual or pansexual, all of the sexual identities are represented in this particular podcast. And it's really funny. So I guess I'll, I'll end there for now. There are more podcasts that I really like. And I'm sure that we'll come back around and talk about non-LGBTQIA podcasts later. But those are two that I liked a lot. So again, that's the Gender Reveal podcast and We're Having Gay Sex. Those sound like awesome recommendations. Thank you very much.
I guess to follow along with what Bryn is saying, I also really like comedy podcasts. And there is a brand new LGBT comedy podcast that has just started airing. And it's called Handsome. I have to say, I'm going to go ahead and get right into a really tricky topic. But <laughs> I'm not a fan of the word panties. Oh, huh. okay. Yeah. 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 I just say underwear. Okay. Yeah. What about you, May? I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, panties, I wouldn't. I mean, okay, maybe Pan- if, if panties. I was in. Someone may say that panties. <laughs> Is that how I said it? <laughs> Pan- pantaloons. <laughs> Wait, I kind of like it when you say like that. Panties. Did I say panties? <laughs> it kind of. <laughs> well, now we'll have to well, rewind and go back. <laughs> okay. Now it feels a little put on. But yeah, what, <laughs> you guys say panties. Panties. And, and May says panties. Panties. <laughs> like the Phantom of the Opera or something. I've managed to get y'all to say the word a lot more than you're comfortable with. It's by three lesbian comedians, Fortune Feimster, May Martin, and Tignataro. And all of them identify as a little bit mask of center. So hence the term handsome. And in the very first episode, they somehow got off on some kind of track where one of them, I forget who, was talking in a British accent all about panties and how sophisticated they could make it sound. We got our panties all in a wad over nothing. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that one. Another comedy one is uh, Query with Cameron Esposito, who's also a comedian, although she has very in-depth interviews with guests about their lives. And it's not necessarily ha-ha, laugh-out-loud stand-up comedy all the time, but it is definitely a look into people in all colors of the rainbow and their lives, their identities, their work. It's really helped a lot when I was first discovering mine, but I'm sure we'll come around and talk about that a bit later. And one final one that I wanted to throw out there is We Can Do Hard Things by Glennon Doyle, her wife, yes, the famous soccer star, Abby Wambach, and Glennon's sister, Amanda. And they have guests on from time to time, but mostly they just talk about life and how challenging it can be. And, you know, it's hard, but we can do it. Hence the name. We can do hard things. I was recommending it to a coworker who was just coming out of a bad breakup. And I said, if you're looking for something to binge, you might want to binge this podcast because they talk about all the squishy things about getting through life. And she's like, yeah, I'm struggling with the squishy things right now. So those are my three. And I do believe we have Leah who hasn't offered her recommendations yet. Not yet. I actually really like, and I've enjoyed this podcast uh, for a very long time. It's called Risk. We had another party and it was like, I was cranky that night. It was a small party. And he's like, Allison, do you want to have sex or just play or something? And I said, no, thanks. At this point, it was out of habit and maybe a little bit of social anxiety as opposed to out of actual thought and desire. Because in retrospect, and I often think about this, when he asks, 
you know, do you want to play? The answer is actually yes, but I didn't say yes. I just said, no, thanks. Like I always said to, to him and he said, okay. And I foisted him on one of my friends and I watched and enjoyed as he giggled and romped with her all night. And it was really beautiful and fun. Uh, and then not a week later, I got a phone call from another college friend who I'd seen in San Francisco a bunch of times. And, and he called and I answered and he says, Allison, and his voice just trails off. And like instinctively, like I knew it was one of, you know, those phone calls, even though I'd never gotten one of those phone calls before. And he says, And that's it. One word title, risk. It is not technically a GLBTQ plus podcast. However, the host of the show is gay. His name is uh, Kevin Allison. And uh, he started this podcast in 2009. So it has been around now for 14 years. He used to be an improv comic and he had was part of a, a troupe called the state back in the 90s and after the state broke up he wasn't quite sure what to do with himself and ultimately he uh decided to launch this podcast it's a storytelling podcast and uh each show usually features two or three different stories that were either told live at various venues the risk has has monthly shows that are live in Los Angeles and New York City. And before the pandemic, risk did a lot of touring around the country. So they'd go to different cities and ha- have an actual, you know, stage show where people would tell their stories. I've actually seen Risk recorded live twice in in San Francisco. Since the pandemic, they've they've had some trouble trying to get the live schedule and touring kind of back together. They also have some stories that are kind of like radio style stories that people send in and they're edited and they uh, a lot of times are longer form stories, but the stories, like, they, they run the gamut. There are a lot of GLBTQ plus narratives that pop up. Risk is definitely an adult program. There is no censorship in terms of the, the stories. They, th- there are a lot of stories about the, um, the, the kink community. I, I've learned a great deal from listening to risk. Like, I've learned a lot about people and I think different sort of ways of that, that relationships can work. And I think risk has taught me to be a, a lot more just progressive in, in my thought process. And I think it's really sort of opened up my mind in terms of acceptance of, of so many different choices about life. And then there's also, then there are also really just funny, like incredibly ridiculous stories. (laughs) There are a few off the top of my head I could think of about really unfortunate incidents with poop. There are some really poignant stories too. There are definitely some, some, you know, tear, tear jerkers on risk about people losing, losing babies, having miscarriages, losing children to cancer. 
I mean, so it's it's just all across the board. You really never know what you're going to get. Each show, each show usually has a theme. So there might might be a show where there there's a a theme of like they had one on ingenues a couple weeks ago. They had one called in hot water a few weeks ago about people having to extricate themselves from tough situations. I would suggest that if people really want to check out risk, they have on their website, which is risk show.com. They have every show that has ever been released. That's 14 years of programs. It's a lot, but they have a best of risk collection. And I'd say about every six or seven months, they they released a best of show. That's a really good way to check out the the program because the the best of compilations kind of give you a real taste and and variety of what risk has to offer. I would definitely say it's not it's not for it's not for everyone either. There are stories where I haven't liked the storyteller at all. There are a few stories where I've been like, why was this even on here? <laughs> but I think that that's what make risk that's what makes risk such an eclectic show and such a thought-provoking show is you hear people from from all different facets of life. So yeah, that is that is my favorite podcast. In fact, what I do a lot of times with risk is when I'm going to take a plane trip, I save up about five, six, seven episodes. And I spend I do a lot of cross-country flights. So I spend I spend the flight listening to risk. That's my like go-to podcast to kind of keep me entertained. I wanted to mention one more thing I, I was thinking about too. And there's there was a um a podcast that is it's on audible but if this podcast has also been released in the other major podcast catchers it's a podcast called fiasco and it's in different seasons it is not a glbtq podcast in and of itself but they uh, fiasco ran an episode a year or two ago on the aids crisis and it was like a 10-part a episode, and it was really, really well done. It goes from the very early 80s when the HIV virus first started popping up in, in hospitals in New York City and San Francisco. And it goes through the mid-90s. And I learned a lot I did not know about that time period where so many people were grappling with this awful new virus that was just, it was killing so many gay men. It was killing people that were hemophiliacs because they needed blood transfusions. There were just so many interviews with people I'd, I'd never heard of. So that's fiasco. And I'll have to, I'll have to look up the name for the, for the show notes, but the particular fiasco group of episodes is about the AIDS crisis. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Those all sound really, really good. Before I ask if you have some other recommendations that are maybe more mainstream or non-LGBT, I wanted to ask the panel if you can think of a specific episode or two from your particular podcast recommendations that really stand out to you. You know, honestly, Jessica, being honest with you, that's a really difficult question to answer because from 
what I've heard, I mean, I didn't hear, like, a lot of episodes of it, being honest, because I don't always listen to LGBTQ podcasts, but I did check it out. It just, I just think, I mean, what really stands out is, like, the history of it. I don't really know any specific episode that I can say for sure, aha moment. It's just interesting to hear the history because I like anything to do with history, whether yes. it's gay history or non-gay history. So, as far as like giving any specifics that stand out, I mean, it has been a while since I've listened to Making Gay History. I just know that's a podcast I wanted to talk about, but it's, it's yeah, so that's... hard to choose. It's so hard to choose because it's really just an interesting podcast as a whole. I really don't know that I could choose a specific episode because it's just that awesome all together that I'd recommend for anyone. Yeah, that's okay. So I'm I'm kind of in the same boat as Stacy with my podcast as well because one of the things that I do is put on a podcast at night because I cannot sleep without some sort of audio, some sort of noise. And so a lot of times I'll put on a podcast and I'll hear the first 20, 30 minutes of it and then I'll sort of sort of toddle off to bed. And there are a lot of comedians on both of both the Gender Reveal podcast and uh, the other one that we're having gay sex podcast. And the thing is, is that they are, uh, in many cases, comedians that are not well known to me yet. A lot of times they are introduced to me for the very first time on that particular podcast. And so I, I'm like, oh, this creator is very interesting, but I've never heard of them and they're very funny. And then of course I never get around to looking them up because I'm, I'm in bed, <laughs> but I could, right. tell you, <laughs> I, I could tell you of one though. Yes. Uh, there, there is a gay comedian named Matteo Lane and I discovered him thanks to Instagram and TikTok and a little bit of YouTube as well. I found I found one of his specials on YouTube, but Matteo Lane was interviewed by Ashley Gavin and it was, it was absolutely hilarious. So, I mean, I guess that would be one that would stand out to me, but I, I have a similar problem in that I tune in. I really enjoy what I hear, but then I'm like, I, I can't really point my finger to one that I'm like, oh, this is the this is the end all be all episode that you have to listen to just because of the nature of the way that I listen to podcasts where it's sort of a passive thing. Yeah, that's fine. And Leah, are you kind of in the same boat? No, I have a few that I was just thinking of. And I'm kind of thinking of some that I know were on the best of risk compilations. For some reason, there's this one story that that I always that I always remember. For some reason, it stood out to me, and it was by it was by a woman named Allison Moon, and she told this story about a friend that she met in college named Hans, and she knew you know Hans kind of throughout I'd say for probably maybe 10 or 15 years and Allison Moon and her husband are both they're 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 both sex educators both of them do a lot of sex sort of training workshops across the United States so their stories are are very much flavored with that but 
Allison talks about meeting Hans and that he was incredibly articulate. He was very, he was incredibly smart and he really kind of seemed to know what he wanted to do with his life. He was very confident and self-assured. And when they met, she was just kind of like this college kid who didn't really know what she wanted to do on the face of it. It, it kind of it kind of sounds like a a sex story in that over the years Hans would ask her just from time to time if you know if she wanted to she wanted to have sex with him and she always said no and he ended up dying very suddenly I know I'm giving the story away but it's still worth listening to he ended up dying very suddenly at a really young age and her and her husband and a bunch of people ended up having a ended up having a party in his memory and i i've always thought of the story as not much a story so much about saying no to a, a sexual opportunity but this idea of if you have an opportunity in your life that maybe makes you nervous that scares you a little bit to take a risk and experience something that you may not have otherwise because there may come a day when that possibility is not open to you it's it's a very sort of emotional story it's a deep story that you really need to to think about because on the surface it kind of just sounds like a sexual escapade story but it's a lot more for some reason over the years (laughs) that story i think about it whenever i'm about to try something new like like skydiving I think about that story and that, okay, you know what? If I say no to this opportunity, I may never do it. And right. I won't have this, I won't have this memory. So that's, that's definitely one story. I would love to jump in and just make a comment about the Hans story, Leah, if that's all right. Yes. Yeah, I think you've heard it, right? Did I send yeah. it to you at some point? Yeah. You did. It was one of those, you know, when you told me about risk, well, first of all, I had known about risk for a while but i it had sort of fallen off my radar i had lost it because i subscribed to it in the early 2000s and then switched platforms and lost it and never resubscribed but i remembered the logo and the guy's voice and everything so you sent that particular story to me and i guess what i really liked about it is that hans was never gross about the sex no. No, you know, he would say, you know, hey, do you want to do you want to have fun or whatever? And she would say no. And he go, all right, no worries. And then they would move on with whatever workshops they were doing or whatever. And that would be that. And he would ask on occasion. His attitude about sex was really healthy in that he would extend the opportunity. And if she said no, no, no harm, no foul. And it wasn't done in a gross way where it made her uncomfortable. It was Mm -hmm. just a quirk of Hans's that he would occasionally ask if she would want to do something. And I guess what I took from that story is a, sometimes you are extended opportunities that you keep saying no to, and you might miss out on something. So that's, that's thing number one that I took from it. But thing number two is don't be so afraid to just ask if, if you want to do something, it doesn't always necessarily have to be, weird or awkward or necessarily bad to just put it out there that you're interested and see what happens like don't be afraid to to take the risk of putting it out there in the world that you want to try something yeah whatever whatever it might be 
And and I yeah. think also what I liked about it is it's, you know, it is it is okay and it's natural to say no. And we I, I think part of being with other people is an acceptance of hearing the word no, whatever it is, right? That we might that we might suggest and and being being natural about it. My mind is blown to hear you all say that when Hans would hear no, everything would just go on and be okay and the relationship would be amicable and it wouldn't be weird and there wouldn't be any of this weird tension and there wouldn't be any kind of sort of retaliation or cold shoulder or anything like that. This is, I mean, I don't want to sound bleak, but this is like rare, well, and there, you hear stories like that on risk that just they are unique in that way. And a story like this makes me think, oh, my God, I wish life were, <laughs> were always this way and we could be this easy with each other as as human beings, because, my God, it would it would really relieve a lot of this miscommunications and awkward conversations with people. So hopefully, hopefully you will listen to this particular story. That's the whole idea of risk is to to get people intrigued enough to start listening. I also want to mention a storyteller on there who is on a lot named David Crabb. David Crabb wrote a book, I guess, about six or seven years ago called Bad Kid. And it's about him as a teenager. He was a goth kid growing up in Texas. And the adventures that he ended up getting involved in as he ended up taking a lot of drugs, drinking a lot, becoming involved with other kids who had a lot of questions about their sexuality and all of the fiascos he got involved in. And it's amazing when you read this, it's amazing that that David Crabb is still alive (laughs) after all the things he involved himself in. But he does, he's done a lot of stories for risk. In fact, he's the, he's the host of the live show in Los Angeles and uh, I would definitely look up in the search feature on the Risk podcast. I would definitely look up David Crabb. His last name is C R A B B. He's got he's got some great stories. Some of them are very very serious, and some of them are hysterical. Hmm. Well, thank you for those recommendations. It sounds like we've got a lot to look up and find. Does anyone have any more mainstream? podcast that they would like to recommend and or does anyone participate in creating a podcast or does anyone host a podcast or a show that you would like to talk about and promote and explain the process for how you come up with content for there is a podcast that i participate in it's called vision cast with jc and friends uh, it's vision cast is all one word and then with JC, and then the ampersand friends. And it's not an LGBTQ podcast, but it does have an LGBTQ director since July. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, any guesses? <laughs> right. And what can't imagine. do you talk about on Vision Casts? Yeah. yeah, well, I am the director now, 
since July. We talk about all kinds of different things. Our show alternates every week. Our slogan is Vision Cast, where technology and talent collide. And basically, we talk about technology, what the latest technology. We're also really random and talk about just random stuff. We'll have occasional interviews. Like in the past, we sat down with Peter Tusick from Humanware and interviewed him. Uh, we sat down with Eric Damery from Freedom Scientific. We've also interviewed like musicians like our friend Paige. And mm, this coming week, we're going to be having an interview with a man named Chris Carroll, who I heard about on another podcast called Aaron's Opinion, who unfortunately had to deal with a bunch of really difficult circumstances in his life. And he's had several people commit suicide. He's had several other tragedies, you know, that took place in his life. But yet through it all, he managed to come out of it upbeat with a smile on his face and helping others. So we'll be interviewing him next week. And, yeah, so that should be really fun and exciting. I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with him. It'll be a lot of fun. And then this week we did our talent show. So it's a lot of fun. It really is. Wow, that sounds exciting. Well, thank you for sharing about that. Does anyone else participate in creating a show that they'd like to talk about? Yeah. Um, so I participate in a podcast called the Penny Forward Podcast. It's hosted by Chris Peterson, Liz Botner, and Mo Carpenter. And it is a podcast about helping blind people make brighter futures one penny at a time. And they've done a couple of different kinds of podcasts. So they've done interview podcasts where they will talk to somebody who is particularly successful in a particular realm or industry. So they talked to someone who built their very own tiny home. There were actually two episodes. One was during the construction of the tiny home. And then the second one, a couple of years later, was an update about the final completion of the tiny home and what it's like to have a tiny home. The other one, I forgot his name right now. I know his name is Bruce, but I can't think of his last name. I know as soon as I stop talking about him, I'm going to remember but Bruce was in Star Trek, uh, Star Trek uh, Strange New Worlds. And he is, as far as I know, the first blind actor who was in Star Trek. Now, they've had other people portraying blind people in Star Trek, most notably LeVar Burton as Geordi LaForge in Star Trek The Next Generation. But Bruce was the person who played Hemmer. And Hemmer is an alien who is from a planet where all of his species are blind. And he is the chief engineer on the USS Enterprise. And this takes place before Captain Kirk takes control of the ship. So it is one of the Christopher Pike, basically that era of captains. So he was interviewed on Penny Forward. The other kind of podcast they do is informational podcasts about things that help blind people save money, make money, or spend their money wisely. There was one episode about the ABLE account, 
which is a special kind of savings account that you can use to pay for your assistive technology and other costs of being visually impaired. And people can contribute to that account. And there is no tax penalty on that particular account. It's a tax-free account. So you can use it to help you save money in to pay for assistive technology. So the Penny Forward podcast, I'm the one that edits it. So I take all of the ums and the uhs out. I clean up the background audio. I insert the music. I splice in pieces of audio when necessary. And so that is probably the podcast that started my podcast editing business, which is superblink.org. And I'm editing podcasts on the side to make a little extra cash when I'm not working for state services for the blind. That is super cool. Yeah. Anyone else want to share? Thank you, everybody, for sharing your involvement in podcasts that you are involved in producing. I am really thrilled to announce that I just completed my first editing of a podcast, which was the last episode of Pride Connection the conversation first they came for from the ACB convention. And I do look forward to more podcast editing and do aspire to maybe someday do that. Now I would like to turn the conversation to some mainstream podcasts that may not be immediately thought of as LGBTQ podcasts. However, general things that we enjoy. And I'd like to start this one off by talking about a podcast that I enjoy called Sound Girls. And they interview professionals from all across the audio industry. There is a definite heavy emphasis in live sound. However, they have interviewed some people that work in post-production and do studio work. I would say probably 80% of the interviewees are women and gender expansive people and probably 20% are men from the industry but usually they are men who mix for or work for women artists they've had a Mr. Quackenbush on who has worked with Brandy Carlisle and a number of other artists that are in the folk Americana and I think they most recently had Taylor Swift's monitor engineer on. So that's pretty neat to listen to. Can anyone else on our panel recommend some mainstream podcasts that they enjoy? There is a podcast called Aaron's Opinion. It's hosted by Aaron Richmond, and it's basically an interview style podcast where he interviews people from all around the world, different, basically all different walks of life has different types of conversations with people. It's really fascinating. Actually, the whole Vision Cast team one time participated on one of his shows, but even still, just listening to his podcast and how he interviews people is really cool. That's really neat. Thanks for sharing that. I have to bring up the Rachel Maddow Show news podcast. Rachel Maddow is a lesbian herself, and uh, this is a, I mean, it's a primetime mainstream cable news interview program i think in a lot of ways you know rachel has broken the mold in terms of host rachel's done this show for oh my god i think since 2009 or 10 
she used to do the show every night during the week, but last year she began doing the show just on Mondays because she's been working on other other projects, other podcasts that she's been putting together and um, other documentaries. But she <laughs> she's very natural in who she is. You know, she's always talking about going on the show and uh, she she hates wearing a lot of makeup. She wears as little as possible. She wears quote unquote men's clothing on the show. She really kind of goes against the grain. She also, her interview style is, it can be very sarcastic. She has this really sharp wit about her. And I, I love the way that she goes about communicating with the reporters and and the different newsmakers on on her show and she does usually a monologue the first part of her program that brings historical sort of news and connects it to what's going on today she plays like news clips you know from the 1960s or 70s or sometimes even earlier and she'll make this incredible connection with something present it's amazing sometimes how she creates these these links. But her I I love her monologues. I just think she is there's there's only one Rachel Maddow. I don't think there's ever gonna be another cable news person quite like her. So I would definitely suggest to, you know, check out check out her. She's she's on MSNBC every Monday night, but she also has it's also a podcast. I have a couple of podcasts. Uh, so here's the thing. I am subscribed to nearly 200 podcasts and I've been collecting feeds since probably 2005 or so. And uh, so there's a lot and a lot, a lot, a lot of podcasts, some of which I listen to all the time and some I'm like, yeah, I should listen to that someday. I'll, I'll like list off a couple that I really like. The first one you're talking about the sound girls, Jessica, there's another one that you might enjoy called 20,000 Hertz. And that's spelled H-E-R-T-Z, not H-U-R-T-S. Right. I like it already. Yeah. 20,000 Hertz is a podcast that tells the story behind uh, some of the most interesting sounds. So there was one episode where they talked about movie trailers and the people that do voiceovers for movie trailers and, and some of the f uh, famous people who are really well known. They have signature voices for, for movie trailers. They also did an episode about how televised sports, especially things like the Olympics, sometimes they sweeten the audio of the sport with additional sound effects to make it more interesting. So there are certain sounds that we are used to hearing in certain sports. And while those sounds are there in real life, they are not as pronounced or as obvious as we would like for them to be. And so they actually, they actually do live sound sweetening and compression and all kinds of audio dynamics to make sports more interesting to listen to they've done gosh i mean they have talked about all kinds of different stories behind sounds and soundscapes so it's it's highly recommended the other one that i really like if you're a nerd if you're a geek if you're into pop culture trivia making things science that sort of stuff 
there is a podcast that's released almost every day. It's a Monday through Thursday podcast. It's called The Morning Stream with Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett. And Brian Ibbett was the host of a podcast called Coverville. You might remember that from the early 2000s. And that's still around, by the way, if you're interested. Coverville is a podcast where he plays you know, cover music and talks about you know, specific artists and, and bands that covered that artist. So he might do like an episode about Elvis. But The Morning Stream is a morning show for nerds. And one of the things that they do every single day is they do some kind of trivia. So they might do like a family feud style trivia game, or they might do some other type of style of trivia in the middle of the show. They do weird news. They have this guy who come on every week who builds props and other like 3D printing things. And he'll talk about what projects he's working on. Scott's sister, Wendy, is a therapist. And every Thursday, they will have Wendy on and they will talk about mental health things. They also have someone come on every week and do recommendals, which which is basically the three of them talk about what they're currently watching. There's also somebody that comes on who talks about what books they're reading every week. So it's like I said, it's kind of like a variety morning show Monday through Thursday, and it's called The Morning Stream. There's a lot more that I'm really into things like the Moth Radio Hour, which is similar to Risk in that it's, you know, sort of a storytelling podcast in front of a live audience. There's also the TED Radio Hour, which is a public speaking podcast produced by NPR and TED. You may have seen a TED Talk on YouTube now and then. The TED Radio Hour, they will take a specific topic like the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, and they will have clips from various different TED Talks interspersed with interviews from those speakers in between the the little clips of TED Talks. So that's another good one. I mean, the number of podcasts I'm subscribed to is ridiculous, and there are so many good ones. And it would probably take me just the entire hour to list all of my go-to podcasts, but those are just a few of them. Right. Well, thank you for sharing those recommendations. I also really like the TED Radio Hour. That's another one of my go-tos. Does anyone else have anything that they would like to add to this conversation about podcasts in general? Sure. You know, I just wanted to say that one of my favorite podcatching tools is called Overcast. So it is a podcatching platform that you can use on the, on the iPhone. And the reason I like it so much is when I listen to a podcast at night, it depends on my mood. Sometimes I'm in the mood for uh, stories of sexual escapades, or sometimes I'm in the mood for a good, wholesome you know, family-friendly thing. Maybe I'm in the mood for a trivia podcast. Maybe I'm in the mood for a science you know, like a science fiction podcast. And so I have I have these things in Overcast called smart playlists. And so my playlists consist of things like uh, blind stuff, comedy stuff, gay stuff, science stuff, audio drama stuff, storytelling stuff. I have a motif, if you can tell, of the word stuff. <laughs> all of my podcasts. 
And so depending on the mood that I'm in, I will kick, I will click on a particular category or the all episodes folder. And it shows all of my episodes in reverse chronological order. So it shows the oldest one first and the newest one at the bottom. And what I typically do is pick a category that I'm in the mood for. Or if I can't figure out what I'm in the mood for, I'll just do all episodes. And then I'll click on the most, the, the oldest episode. So basically the thing that's at the top of the list. And then I'll just let it play through the night. And the thing is, because I listen to podcasts at night as I'm sleeping, I hear about 30 minutes or so of it. And then the rest of it is sort of sub, self subconscious, right? Like I, I hear it while I'm sleeping. I might incorporate it into a dream. And then I hear maybe like 20, 30 minutes of it in the morning as I get up and take a shower and get ready for work. So I miss a lot of the stuff that are that is in my podcast flow. But the way I look at it is most of the time, unless it's a specific show where I feel like I can't ever miss an episode, I don't care if something I subscribe to so many things that I don't really care if it passes me by while I'm sleeping. I, I just like that I can essentially open an app and there's like 200 shows that will most likely hold my interest. And if I hear an episode, cool. If I miss an episode, oh, well, and I just sort of, you know, let it, let it flow. I am not a completionist when it comes to podcasts. The other thing I love about Overcast is it has a voice boost feature. So if you're listening to a podcast that has maybe a, a room full of people and one microphone in the middle, and it's hard to hear everyone, maybe there's an echo in the back of the room. Maybe some people are quieter than others. The voice boost feature will try its best to make everybody sound as good as possible. And then the other thing it has is a smart speed boost. And what that means is instead of speeding everyone up so they sound really fast and they start sounding like a chipmunk and it's really, really annoying. <laughs> instead of doing that, what it does is it listens ahead and it looks for any long pauses. So these these sort of amateur podcasts where it's just three people in a room and a microphone, sometimes there are long gaps between people talking and it will snip out any long gaps in the audio. And so it's saved me an immeasurable amount of time because I can just snip out all of those silences. It also has things like an actual speed slider so I can listen to it at 1.5 or 2x or whatever. So I can speed it up so it sounds like a chipmunk or I can slow it down. I can adjust you know, what the fast forward and rewind buttons do. So I can say, I want my rewind button to be 15 seconds, but I want my fast forward button to be 60 seconds because typically I'm fast forwarding through ads. You can, you can adjust nitpicky things like that. So my favorite podcast platform for downloading all of my podcasts is Overcast for iOS. That sounds really good. I do have one question. When you complete an episode and you've played it all the way through, does it delete automatically on Overcast? So the cool thing about Overcast is you can really adjust exactly how you want it to behave. So you can tell it to keep five episodes or 10 episodes and not delete things when you're done. Or you can tell it, ah, I only keep one episode and then delete it when you're finished. Because I subscribe to so many things, 
What I typically do is have it keep two episodes of a show and then delete it if it falls out of the, if it falls, basically if it gets old, it will auto delete. And so I only have two episodes of any given show on my phone at any time. And then the other thing I do is I have it set up to auto delete as soon as it's done playing. Now, if I want to go back and hear a specific episode, let's say Leah goes, Rin, did you hear this episode of Risk? You got to hear it. Well, I might have been sleeping when it played and I might have totally missed it. So it's no longer on my phone or it may have aged out of my phone. And so I can just go back and listen to that episode again later by going to that specific podcast and finding that episode. That sounds really great. Yeah. You know, Does- Bryn, you forgot to mention a podcast. I don't know how you managed to do this. I mean, it's a weekly program that turns into a podcast after it's aired. <laughs> how is it that you forgot to mention the Fun Zone? <laughs> So I do a comedy music show called The Fun Zone. However, I've been really naughty lately. I have not uploaded a new episode in in a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks. And so I need to get on top of that. But every week I do a two-hour comedy music podcast where I play funny music. So, you know, Weird Al and and Bob Rivers and Cheech and Chong and, uh, you know, Adam Sandler and just, you know, I don't know, what, all kinds of weird, weird stuff. So if you're interested in that, you can search for The Fun Zone with Bryn Lee on all of your favorite podcatchers, including your smart speaker. And I do it live on Sunday nights from seven until nine central. So if you want to listen live, you can always just say a lady or Google play radio onion ring. That's one of the stations that carries me. And if you're tuning in between Sunday, seven, seven to nine central, you can make requests live on the air. Wow. Well, that sounds great. Yeah. I guess we were just having too much fun over here and you forgot to mention the fun zone, but (laughs) I know. Glad that we got to hear about that, and hopefully folks will be tuning in. Does anyone else have anything in general they want to add to this conversation about podcasts? You know, Bryn was talking about Overcast as a podcast catcher. I actually use one I don't hear about very often, but I use iCatcher. And I really like, at least when I got iCatcher probably about eight years ago, I think it, it cost... It cost, I think, $9.99 to get it, but it was worth it. I love the search feature in iCatcher. So, for instance, if I have the uh, Risk podcast open, I can search for a string of text that appears anywhere within all the episodes of Risk that I have. So, if I want to... If I want to search for David Crabb and listen to all of his stories... I can search for his name and bring up every occurrence where he's mentioned. And uh, I really like that because there are some other storytellers that I, that I really like. And Elna Baker is another one of them. (laughs) She, she was a Mormon and she tells a lot of stories about that and kind of losing her. uh, She sheds her Mormonism. Yeah, she more secular and she sheds her Mormonism over time. So I love searching for a name. I do it with the moth as well, because I was looking for a particular story that I wanted to talk about it at some point. And I I just love that search feature on iCatcher. 
Well, thank you for that recommendation. That sounds good as well. Well, I do believe that we have talked quite a bit about our favorite podcasts. And I thank you all for being here today and sharing with our audience. Anything else that anybody wants to say before we close? Go check out the back archives of Pride Connection if you haven't heard (laughs) Some of our other episodes, if this is your first one, go to your favorite podcatcher and look for some of our other conversations, notably the Don't Say Gay Won't Make Us Go Away episode. And then also we've got some really good episodes coming up. Stacy will be hosting a conversation, basically interviewing trans people and their significant others and talking about her own relationship with someone who's trans and uh, I'll be there and we might have some other folks there too. Definitely. We will definitely have other people there. And thanks so much, Jessica, for having us on this panel. Yes. Thank you for sharing your, thank you for sharing your favorites with us. Before we leave tonight, I just wanted to let people know if you have any comments about pride connection or any feedback for Blind Pride International, please email membership at blindlgbtpride.org. No hyphens, just blindlgbtpride.org. If you have any questions about our organization, you can always email me at president at blindlgbtpride.org. And uh, check out our website at bpi.gay. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to our website at bpi.gay. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers.